0: Avast me hearties and welcome to Pirate Talk Radio. In this podcast, I discuss everything from lore to updates to the future of the game down to the nitty gritty statistics and the player base. So please grab the helm, grab a sail, stand behind a cannon, don't miss the board, but more so raise the colors and let's set sail on this adventure. be and however you may be watching or listening thank you very much for spending a little time with me and I hope that season one is treating you well because you are down to the last couple weeks here of season one we've got the last event going on right now in Sea of Thieves uh, the Gold Hoarder event Um, I I spoke about it prior to it coming out um, when it was announced and I've completed it um, just so everyone knows it only takes two full vaults to complete every single part of it. Um, if you pull all, if you're doing gold vaults, that is because that gives you a lot of captain's chest. It gives you the, uh, mileage in order to get your points. Um, and it also gives you, uh, two of the big chests and completing the voyage. So if you do two full gold key vaults, um, you should be able to complete, uh, that and get your title and your weapons and everything. But that is the last event. Of season 1. So I hope you all have got that done um, or are currently working on it and getting your renowned up and getting all of the unlocks as Season 2 is right around the corner. Um, I don't know anything. They haven't announced anything. I haven't seen anything. So I know there's, uh, there's going to be some things that we'll talk about over the next couple weeks before Season 2 comes out that I would like to see them do differently in Season 2. Um, but as I was talking to uh, some folks over the weekend, I personally thought that season one was a good start um, for them, but I I honestly think they need to uh, look at the overall flow. Um, Maybe not so much um, the levels to 100. I think they need to look at some of the rewards, Um, and I think they need to look at uh, the in-between patches, as I think they are um, still continuing the same cadence that they did in previous uh, years that they wanted to change. Uh, And we're not seeing the effective fixing of many of the major issues that the game still is plagued with to this day. But we'll see and we'll talk about that um, as the season comes to a close and I do a season recap and also predictions uh, for season two. But that's not what we're going to be talking about today. I've actually got a few things to cover, a few topics to talk about before uh, we get into the main topic today, and that is taking you inside of my life um and something that I love which is history I have a degree in history and I've I've loved history for a very long time and it's 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 been a part of me and I love learning about history and one of the reasons I like Sea of Thieves is it's it's based in a lot of historical fact and accuracy um in in some ways obviously there's interpretation because it's a game obviously um, there's the mystical side with the skeletons and stuff like that. But there's a lot of things that, uh, that, that the design team um, went, looked into when they designed this game. Um, from, from the overall boat look to, to you know, angling sails and, and the, the, the movement of boats and catching wind and the weapons of the time period. It's, it's all very um, accurate um, to the high pirate times. Of the 16th, 17th, and 18th century. So, we're going to talk about that in a little bit. So, if you are interested in learning about um, the history of pirates uh, and what a pirate was, um, to see if you fall into that category as uh, we play Sea of Thieves, are you truly a pirate or are you something completely different? We'll find out in a little bit. Uh, but I wanted to congratulate a community out there that has been around now for three. Years they are the founders of the notorious Arena League, the professional um, league for arena play in Sea of Thieves, the Cutthroat Pirates. You can see their flag and logo behind me right here, it's always on my wall. And I've been a proud member of this organization for over a year now. But they celebrated on Saturday um, their three year anniversary, and I want to congratulate them. I want to congratulate their founders, their current officers, and my dearest friend and pirate lord um, for the next couple months, uh, MX Moo. They put on, like they always do, uh, for their anniversary Light Up the Night, which is where we get onto a server, and we get as many boats as we can on the server, and we proceed to collect as many ridiculous amounts of kegs that we can from Athena kegs to stronghold kegs to regular gunpowder kegs and we put them all over an island and we have a wonderful chain reaction exploding um, as night falls on and the island was chosen to be plunder valley which is a very popular il- island that we've used in the past um, but this time we we did a little sprinkle of uh, of a little specialness as we did the uh, trickster tall tale to kick it all off so the Trickster Tall Tale on that part of the island, when you dig up the the the, the, the keg or the item, it starts exploding, um, and then we chain-reacted a whole bunch of kegs around there, including one from our friend Top Dog, who jumped off a waterfall uh, to connect a a line. So uh, they're working on editing together that video, so if you're interested in um, in checking that out, you can obviously check out Cutthroat Pirates on Twitter. Uh, and on their website. All those uh, links will be in the show notes below if you would like to join um, this wonderful organization. And they don't just do Sea of Thieves. They did Planet Side 2 this weekend. They do a lot of community games, World of Warcraft, Minecraft, uh, lots of different gamers on there. But it started as a Sea of Thieves organization. Predominantly, it's still a lot of Sea of Thieves fans and players. Um, but I'll tell you what, if you want to learn how to be the best in combat, if you want to learn how to be the best in speed running different events. If you love the lore of this game, et cetera, et cetera, you're going to want to check them out because we've got lore hounds. We've got ridiculous arena players with NAL teams. We've got amazing, amazing players on the seas out there uh, in the Cutthroat Pirates. So make sure you check them out. And if you're interested in joining, uh, definitely do that. Um, last week, we had kind of an emotional uh, little bit. I tried to keep it in, in, in you know, in check. Um, when we talked about Glitter uh, glitterbeard, and I read the letter um, from rare uh, about the event <clears throat> and i i won't say that the emotions uh, stopped there um, after I released that podcast, I was reached out by on Twitter um, by several of uh, jim white uh, glitterbeard's uh, family members to thank me for the kind words that I said in the presentation of that podcast and you know, I've been a creator um, on different platforms for a while now. I've never been huge. I've never been famous. Um, all that I do is is I do this for a hobby and I do this to, for for fun, um, in hopes that it'll put a smile on someone's face, that someone will learn something, um, or 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 someone will find enjoyment out of the content that I post. From if it's one listener, if it's if it's four listeners, if it's if it's several thousand listeners um, or viewers of the YouTube, it doesn't matter to me. Um, what matters to me is, is that the, the, whoever watches it, whoever listens to my content, they get something out of it. Maybe it be a laugh. Maybe they learn something, something that that's the objective of my content. And to know that, that my presentation and my words, um, meant something to Jim's family enough that they reached out to me on Twitter and thanked me for it. Um, really meant a lot to me. And it was very emotional to, um, to get that information from them. And I'm very appreciative um, that they took the time out of their lives on a you know a year anniversary of his passing um, to to reach out to someone they didn't know um, just to say thank you um, and and I and again that speaks just volumes uh, to the type of family that Jim was from and, and the type of character that Jim had um, based on everything that I've read and learned is just just absolute kindness you know th- this was a time where obviously their family is remembering him a, a year out. Um, and they took the time to reach out to some weird podcast dude on the internet to thank them, um, to, to thank me for the, the content that I put out um, on that. And it was, it was just, there are no words to describe it other than it really did mean a lot um, that, that they took that time. Uh, to reach out and thank me for what I said and 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 what I I had to say and not spoiling anything um, for players out there, but um, but just reading the letter which was public facing and, and just telling people about the event that was uh, that had just released. And we decided, as a cutthroat community, at the end of our three-year anniversary uh, explosion event, which uh, took many many hours to set up and one misfire, which caused us have to recollect kegs for a couple more hours but uh in the end it was really awesome it was it was very explosive um but we decided to to go up as as a, a, a large group um you know we had uh i think we had four or five brigantines uh full of people um and we all went up and we decided to all go up together um on the top of of plunder valley and uh and do the the final um, part of the glitter beard, um, experience. Now, again, I'm not going to tell you where it is, um, aside from it's on plunder Valley. I'm not going to tell you how to do it. I'm not going to spoil any of that stuff because you know, it's, it's a great experience. Um, and, and, and you need to go out there and and find people, um, to do it and, and enjoy it together as a community, as, as friends and, and make new friends, whatever it may be. Um, you need to, to, to go out and experience this, but it was a nice, um, it was a nice moment for our community after our three-year anniversary uh, to get together and, and to experience that that absolutely beautiful and wonderful tribute um, that Rare did for Jim. And, and like I said, if you haven't done so already, um, there is information out there. Rare Thief is a great place to go uh, where you can get information, find all the journals across the Sea of Thieves. I believe twenty-one journals. Um, and then the 22nd one is, um, on Plunder Valley, um, after you do the final event. Um, so I don't believe Rare Thief has put that information out there as far as how to do the final event. Again, um, Rare is trying to be very protective of this, um, and they don't want it to get spoiled. So I'm sure the information will come out eventually on how to do it. Um, once, once Rare is comfortable that enough people have been able to experience on their own without spoilers. Um, but. Unfortunately, some people have spoiled it out there on YouTube, on Twitter, on, on different forms of, of, of media, um, and it hasn't been taken down. So if you are interested in figuring out how to do it, uh, there's plenty of information out there. I'm not going to share how to do it. I'm not going to share where this information is. But if you use your brain, you can figure it out and you can uh, and find that last journal and, and read the final chapter. Um, of the story of Glitter Beard and see the in-game memorial uh, dedicated to him um, inside the game and get your final cosmetics, which is a beard uh, full of glitter and also a yellow with glitter cannon flare. Um, so those are the final two um, pieces of cosmetic that you get um, for completing the last um, journal of glitter beard. And that is, you have to have all of the journals. I believe there's 22 in total. Um, but like I said, don't just click through them, actually read them because the, the story that they have, that, that they have put forth, um, for glitter beard for Jim, um, is absolutely outstanding. It was, it, it, it's absolutely great. It's, it's a beautiful story. Don't just click through it, actually read it. Um, you won't be able to find it Well, I'm sure there is somewhere you can find it um, to actually read it outside the game in case you're, you know, scared of getting sunk or whatever, but don't worry about those things. Just get in there and, and, and read the story. Um, so on to our main topic today, and that is where does the history come from? Um, where does this idea of pirates come from? Um, obviously it's, it's, all over TV. It's in the movies, you know, Captain Hook and Jack Sparrow and all these different characters that we've seen on the movie screen and on the TV screen um over many, many years. Um, going way back in time, if you're thinking Captain Hook and Peter Pan. Um, but more recently, Jack Sparrow and the Pirates of the Caribbean shows, we obviously have a love for pirates. And I would strongly suggest if you haven't done so already. To watch the uh, Stars TV show, you can buy it on Amazon, or if you have Stars, I'm sure it's on there, uh, Black sales, um, Though, again, the story, some people like it, some people don't. At the end of the day, you get an idea of what piracy was back then, um, and you get an idea where a lot of this comes from. You can see the ships and how they work. You can see the weapons um, from the Cutlass to the Flintlock to... the um the the rifle or the the sniper or the eye of reach as we call it um in the game though there was no scope on it um back then um a lot of them most of them were just you know just a a musket rifle that you know you had to get good aiming and they weren't very accurate to begin with so good luck um you know the 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 accuracy of these type of guns was like the modern day back then hit reg right Today, the game hates us, and we miss shots all the time because the game hates us. Um, But back then, it was very common that you could fire a flintlock within 10 feet of someone and not hit them uh, just because of the horrible inaccuracies of the weapons at the time. And, of course, you can also see the blunderbuss. It is in the movie. Uh, It is used, and you can can see what type of damage that type of weapon um, could do. And uh, you can see... um, why it's a one-shot if uh, if you're point-blank range, or should be a one-shot if you're point-blank range in Sea of Thieves. Even though I hate it. So, <clears throat> let's look at the different types of Scallywag back then. I'll say Scallywag because back then, it it, it depended what you were doing would determine if you had that title of Pirate or not, right? There were multiple different types of pirates uh, back then, and what I want to start with is we'll start with uh, the the three non-pirate words that were used back then and where they're from, and then we'll end with what a pirate actually was um, and how they define that. So the first one is something called the Buccaneer. Now, if you're a fan of United States football, uh, American football, you've got the Buccaneers down there and they've got the pirate flag and the pirate ship and all that kind of stuff. Uh, the Buccaneer. Now, what a Buccaneer was, was also called a semi-legal pirate. Um, these folks would, um, a lot of times, they would do things semi legally, right? They would, they would sometimes work for government. Um, They would sometimes work for, you know, uh, local folks um, within the law, but still doing things that were, you know, attacking vessels out in the, out on sea, they would attack forts and cities and things like that and plunder stuff. But why I say semi-legal is if they were doing it, um at the request or at the employment of a government or a city government or a crown like a king or a queen it was legal because it was being requested of them by the law but whoever they were attacking or whoever they were were enacting their violence on it wasn't legal there so still considered piracy but semi-legal piracy so where does the name buccaneer come from this was really interesting um, to learn buccaneer comes from a french term uh it comes from a french term uh of boucan and a boucan is a device to cook meat or smoke meat over a fire also later became the root word for barbecue The boucan was what people used back then. It was a device to cook meat over a fire. And a lot of the people, you know, they they developed this boucanier or buccaneer as eventually it it became in English. Um, That's where it came from. That was where the word came from was uh, the the French word boucan or device to cook meat or smoke meat over a fire. Um, Predominantly, buccaneers were English or they were French. And they were uh, people in the Caribbean uh, that enacted their piracy against the Spanish colonies there, which Spain controlled most of the Caribbean. Um, they controlled most of it. Um, and, and, you know, these particular individuals may have been, you know, uh, defectors, slaves, whatever it may be, um, but they were, they were now French or they were now English people. Um, whether that was where they originally came from or not, but they hated the French, they they hated the Spanish. Um, so a lot of so they attacked other Spanish folks, regardless if it was war or peacetime, they attacked Spanish forts, they attacked Spanish ships, um, in the name of England or in the name of France. Um, with that being said, again, it's semi-legal, so in times of peace, um, you know. France and England aren't going to claim those attacks and they're just going to say, oh, it was just pirates out there doing the piratey thing. Uh, but really, these were uh, patriots of France and England um, waging their own war in the Caribbean against the Spanish. Um, so one type of pirate, the buccaneers or the buccaneers, yes, yes, comes from the word that eventually becomes barbecue. There you go. The next one. Number two pirate type out there in history the privateer. The privateer, this was famously used by the English, specifically Elizabeth the first. And the idea of a privateer was to attack in the name of the crown, um, high prized targets um, of a country they were at war with. So in the, uh, in the era of Elizabeth I, it was Spain, and this is a lot of times back then. It was England versus Spain, or England versus France, or France versus Spain, whatever it may be. They were always at war with each other because they were the big European powers. So Elizabeth I um, utilized privateers in order to, well, mainly make her wealth bigger. So bring her more money, and she would give you a cut of what you brought back. (laughs) So what was the difference between a privateer and a buccaneer? Well, the privateer worked and was loyal to one country um, to harass another nation during times of war. And the other nation um, (coughs) would blame the attacks on, you know, piracy because they wouldn't fly the flag or things like that. Now, in open war, they could fly their nation's flag or whatever, but in times, of, in times of peace, but, you know, I don't like you, you know, I'm England, I don't like you, Spain, so I'm going to send my privateers out without the English flag flying and attack your ships and steal your stuff. Um, so a privateer was someone who was privately employed by the crown or by, by a government to attack another nation, um, they were loyal to their home nation, and they attacked other nations to harass and steal money from uh, for the the sovereign or the crown. Um, however, what happened a lot of the times was if it was found out that these privateers um, were employed by the crown, uh, a lot of times, you know, they weren't necessarily always welcomed home or... They were sometimes labeled a pirate because sometimes they were asked to stop doing their high seas attacks on another country or high seas attacks on other ships. They were asked to stop as they were trying to uh, barter peace between two nations. Unfortunately for a lot of these folks, they get a taste of that wonderful, lovely gold. They don't want to give up the life of attacking and hunting other ships and sinking them or stealing them or or taking their money, whatever, or cargo, or whatever it is. They get a taste of that life, and though it was a hard life, they don't want to let it go. Uh, so a lot of times, privateers would quickly become full-fledged pirates with no loyalty to any country, uh, just because if they were asked to stop, they didn't really want to. Um, we're going to talk about one of these privateers that Went down in history as one of the most famous privateers, but also one of the most notorious pirates of all time during the Elizabethan era, the Elizabeth I era, and we'll talk about him in a few moments, but I don't know how many, it's not like a Blackbeard or a Davy Jones, right? It's a name that some people might not be familiar with. Um, If you study history, you should know this name, Uh, but we'll talk about him in just a few moments. The next grouping of pirates is the Corsairs. Now, this comes from another French word of la Corsaire. If I mess that up, and you French speakers out there, forgive me. I'm a stupid American, and I only speak English, and I barely speak that. Corsairs were a specific group of pirates. Um, These were Mediterranean pirates that predominantly came from Africa and the Middle East, and raided along the coast of the Mediterranean Sea, the European coast of the Mediterranean Sea. Um, And a lot of times, if these folks were caught, obviously, from Africa, the Middle East, they were darker skinned. Uh, A lot of times they were branded, potentially sold into, uh, or or, or press ganged into slavery, things like that. Um, But, a very frequent punishment for piracy back in these days was, of course, hanged by the neck until dead. Um, that was something that uh, the the English came up with uh, and started to kind of spread across most of Europe and the colonies. Uh, so if you were, you know, convicted of piracy, well, <coughs> hung by the neck until dead. But the Corsairs, uh, that was, again, a group of pirates from Africa And um, from the Middle East, um, and they were attacking the, or raiding and looting uh, the coastal areas and the European vessels of the uh, Mediterranean Sea. So we went through the privateer, the corsair, and the buccaneer. So what is the official definition of a pirate? And now you can determine if you are truly a pirate on the Sea of Thieves. A pirate robs from anyone anywhere on the sea. They are loyal to no nation. They do not take prisoners. Uh, They sometimes did. But the idea of a pirate is just a a crew, a, a fleet of ships, of people that stole and attacked. It could be towns, it could be cities, it could be forts, it could be other boats, it could be merchant vessels, it could be warships, whatever it was, they didn't care. If there was booty to be had, they stole it from anyone and they were not part of any country or nation. Now the word pirate gets thrown around a lot, such as the famous person we're going to talk about here in a minute from the Elizabethan era, who was technically a privateer because he was loyal to the crown and to England, but he was also deemed a pirate um, from the Spanish. So we'll talk about him in a second, but again, a pirate robs from anyone. He doesn't care who it is. He's going to take things from you. He's going to steal from you. He's not going to run from you. He is going to steal from you. No matter what they were called, one thing was true, they were violent. Thieves of the Sea. So when you're out there playing Sea of Thieves and you're running from other ships and you're not fighting and you're not stealing and you're complaining you want PvE servers, remember, you're playing a pirate game and pirates were violent PvP. Thieves of the Sea who were loyal to no country, who were loyal to no trading company, who were just out there for themselves and their crew and to steal as much booty as they could. So there's a lot of folks out there in Sea of Thieves that really need to learn what a pirate is before they play a pirate game. Because they should probably put on the merchant outfit and don the monocle and just trade stuff all day and get sunk by other actual pirates. So some of the famous names of pirates, I'm not going to say Blackbeard, though... In a future episode, we may talk about Blackbeard and who he was and where he was from and the time period he raided. But some of the most famous pirates in history. Henry Morgan, John Paul Jones, and the guy we're going to talk about next, Francis Drake of England, which I mentioned, he was technically a privateer, and that's because he was always loyal to Elizabeth I, he was uh, part of her, uh, her, I can't remember the sea, sea dogs or, or, or uh, sea rovers. That's what they were called, sea rovers. Uh, it was just her privateer fleet that she used to harass the Spanish or the French or whoever she wanted to harass at the time. Uh, mainly the Spanish. Um, and make her coffers or her gold reserves bigger. That's what she employed these privateers to do. Uh, And Francis Drake was one of, and honestly, the most famous of those. And aside from all the legend and lore around Blackbeard and the the stories of Long John Silver and Davy Jones and all those, Captain Hook and Jack Sparrow, um, if we're actually looking at real life men of history or women of history who fell into this line of pirates, Sir Francis Drake, yes, he eventually was knighted. Um, Sir Francis Drake was by far the most famous pirate of all time. Uh, and I've got some information for you to prove it. Uh, He was a privateer under the employment of Elizabeth I. He was the captain of a ship called the Golden Hind. It was a man of war and oftentimes his fleet consisted of five ships. Um, Which was two supply ships and three Man of Wars. Now, if you want to know what a Man of War is, go ahead and look it up. But if you thought the Galleon was a big ship in Sea of Thieves, well, check out a Man of War. Because there's a shit ton more cannons on a Man of War. And there is a reason that Rare has not put a Man of War onto the Sea of Thieves. Although, I have a hunch, I have a hope, and I have a prediction that the Man of War will be coming to the Sea of Thieves, but not as a ship that we can sail, but as a ship that the Warsmith makes for Flameheart. That's what I'm hoping because I would love to have a final showdown with Flameheart, which involves a naval battle against a Man of War, which would take forever to sink. Yes, I like long fights, like how the Ashen Winds used to be, a long fight with a man of war and then a on land battle against Flameheart himself. I would love to see that. Will we get it? I don't know, but my prediction is the Warsmith is working on something and I'm hoping it's a man of war for Flameheart so we can finally shut him up once and for all and we won't have to hear his stupid insults anymore. So Sir Francis Drake, or at the time, he wasn't knighted yet, but Uh, Francis Drake, his objective throughout his entire career was to harass and attack and plunder Spanish ships all around the world. Um, May it be in the Caribbean, may it be around the coast of South America, wherever it was and however he could, his job was to hit Spanish forts, Spanish towns, Spanish ships, whatever Spanish thing he could fire his cannons at and get away with all the loot and booty and gold and gems and whatever it was he could. That's what his job was. And then to return them to the English colonized America or back to the crown and Elizabeth herself. And a lot of times he sailed out of Jamestown, which if you don't know where that is, it's in modern day Virginia in the United States. Uh, There's actually a very nice recreation of the town there. If you actually go to historic Jamestown today, I was there uh, about a year ago, I think. Um, It's a very beautiful, uh, you know, there's a lot of history there, but it's a very beautiful um, recreation of the fort uh, and the Indian village and everything, the native village. Uh, It's really cool to go see, but uh, a lot of times he was based out of uh, Jamestown. And then, of course, he also did return to England to, you know, give a lot of these spoils back to Queen Elizabeth. So he was famous, there were two ships that he was most famous for um, attacking and winning. Uh, The first of his major hauls was the, and forgive me if I screw this name up, the Caca Fuego. I hope I said that right. The Caca Fuego uh, was a Spanish ship, um, and he successfully beat the ship and plundered it, and this ship was actually recorded as far as how much he plundered, and why I say that is there was a larger haul that he got later that was requested by Queen Elizabeth that he tell no one how much was actually plundered, and we'll get to that in a minute, but the Cacafuego was reported and written down in a modern day, so we're talking 2020... Appraised value of 100 million euros worth of plunder. 100 million euros worth of plunder was what Francis Drake stole for Elizabeth off the ship, the Cacafuego. I like saying that. However, that was not his biggest plunder. And like I said, we do not know how much in total the biggest plunder was, as he was under strict rules from the Queen that he was not to record or tell anyone what it was. However, the ship's name was Our Lady of Conception. It was a Spanish treasure galleon um, or man of war. It was a large ship. In fact, it was a 120 ton treasure ship, um, Spanish of course. And he beat the ship. He took all of the plunder. It was returned first to Jamestown and then eventually back to England. And no one to this day knows how much money, how much gems, how much richities, whatever it was, how much treasure did that ship actually have in financial value. However, between the Caca Fuego and the Lady of Conception, these two halls um, were enough to knight Sir Francis Drake. And now to this day, he is still honored by the English as one of the greatest privateers and greatest naval captains of all English history. But on the flip side, he is viewed as one of the most evil and hated men in Spanish history. He is one of the most considered bloodthirsty and evil pirates that the Spanish have ever came across. Sir Francis Drake. So there you go. When it comes to deciding... Are you a privateer, a buccaneer, a corsair, or are you just a pirate? Sometimes it doesn't technically depend on what you actually are, but how the victims of your attacks view you. Um, in, In the case of Francis Drake, he was a privateer of England, but he was a bloodthirsty pirate that stole a shit ton of money from the Spanish, and they will always remember him on both sides as both a villain and as a hero. Um, but that's going to do it for this episode of Pirate Talk Radio. I hope you enjoyed a little walk through my mind as far as history. If you did, let me know on Twitter or in the comment section in the YouTube video. Tell me if you liked it. If you did, I've got a lot more books on piracy um, from talking about the actual man, Blackbeard. Yes, he was a man. Yes, he did exist. And yes, he was a pirate. I have lots of books on the, um, the colonies and the Caribbean and pirates of Virginia um, and up the coast all the way to Boston, Massachusetts, in the United States. If you would like me to dive more into the famous histories of pirates and pirating of the world, please let me know. I know it's not technically Sea of Thieves, but it does tie nicely into this world, as we all know from, uh, from Chapman. This Sea of Thieves takes part somewhere in the Caribbean. So uh, it is nice to know the history, and I hope you guys enjoy the history. We will also be talking about the lore of Sea of Thieves as I am starting to read um, The Athena's Fortune. So we're going to be talking about that in a few uh, upcoming episodes. I know I've been talking about it for a while, but it is coming. I promise it takes me a while to read a book. Um, I, I just, it's always, always has, I have to, I have to take notes down as I'm, I'm, I'm reading any book whatsoever. I have to take notes down. Um, and also, um, the comic book, um, I, that's next on my to-do list this week is to read, um, the free comic on Comixology, um, the app and the website, uh, that Sea of Thieves just put out. But if you are interested in where the information for today's history lesson came from this actually came from history magazine how it happened the november 2019 uh edition pirates predators of the sea um it goes through different things um we did not uh, cover today blackbeard or captain kid um the knights of malta um but we did talk a little bit about the barbary pirates which were those corsairs we talked about um, but it talks about uh, the stories of shunk- sunken ships, buried treasure, pirate legends and more, including going into the different types of pirate ships across history, dating all the way back to ancient times and three levels of oars, you know, in the Mediterranean and, and stuff like that. So it's a great uh, short uh, magazine, I believe. I mean, it's, it's almost like a, a small book. It's it's um, it's 88, 89 pages long. Um, so it's a nice little book and you can get your hands on this. I think I just found it um, just going through a um, a bookstore or it was a grocery store. And it was just sitting in a rack and I was like, oh, that's cool pirates. Um, so there you go. Um, it's uh, yeah. So uh, that's where I got uh, a lot of the information today um, from this magazine, um, along with other books and, and and material like that. I will leave you with a quote, though. This quote comes from Captain Bartholomew, Black Bart Roberts. A pirate's life is a merry life and a short one. Hopefully your life is not short because you're taking care of yourselves and you're taking care of others. Stay safe out there and we'll see you next time on Pirate Talk.